Michigan State gets back two key offensive linemen for next season. And also, speaking of football, what Spartans are we going to be watching this weekend in the NFL playoffs? And then, make your take. You give me your hot take. No matter how hot it is, we're going to try to make it a reality. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, it's my favorite people of all time. Yes, I'm talking about you wonderful listeners and or viewers of Locked on Spartans. That's right. We do the podcast. We do a YouTube show. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this program if you don't mind. I'm not going to force you to do anything here. But hey, you know, let's just uh, leave that review, hit that subscribe button, do whatever makes you happy. And what makes me happy is talking about Michigan State, which is what we do here five days a week here in the Locked on Spartans program, and we're going to get right into it. We got some news from earlier this week, from over the weekend, that we have not gotten to yet, just because basketball has been a little busy, you know, just busy winning games against their rival over the weekend, or busy winning games on the road in Madison, but hey, you know what? Football is a 12-month sport these days, so let's get to it. Big news. From the trenches, uh, you know, the offensive side of the ball, more specifically, Nick Samak. He announces his return to Michigan State, and then just a few days later, yes, his partner in crime, J.D. Duplain, also announces that he will be coming back for the 2023 season. Uh, we've had conversations with people in the know. Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports is one of them. This was earlier this month, or, God, actually, <laughs> earlier last month. Time is flying by, and this is what he expected, but now it is official that these two interior linemen are going to be playing next fall. And, look, point blank period, that's big. That That is big, because you're getting two guys that were Big Ten, or all Big Ten, honorable mention, onto next year's team. They have the experience. All right, they've been here since 2019, and yes, wow, hey, they've been here for this long. Their ceiling is creeping up bit by bit by bit, and can Coach Cap squeeze a little more out of these guys for their last season? And look, it, it goes without saying how important experience and talent in the trenches are. That's what Michigan State's main focus was in this recruiting cycle with what they've done. So yes, that is the name of the game for football. What can you do in the trenches? And Michigan State, right now, gets back two experienced players with Nick Samak, J.D. Duplain. So, who's going to be around these guys next year? Well, you also have Geno Vandemark, who got a considerable amount of run at the end of last season. Or could it be Christian Phillips also filling in on the inside? Also, hey, on the outside is looking pretty good as well. Keyshawn Blackstock. He was that number one junior college recruit that Michigan State landed not too long ago. You also have Spencer Brown that started at right tackle last year. You have Brandon Baldwin that stepped in for Jarrett Horst at the end of last season and did a, consider, did a considerable job as well. Or will a young guy like Dallas Fincher push his way to the top as well? Right now, look, the offensive line was a big question mark going into last season. And, well, yeah, they still got to prove some stuff in some areas. You feel a lot better going into this year with the offensive line than you did going into last year with the offensive line. And that is thanks to these two guys announcing their, I guess, not a commitment because they're already here, but announcing their return to Michigan State. So, Nick, JD, I know you're listening. You guys never miss an episode. Thanks a lot. Appreciate that. That kind of made my week right there. So let's go to the NFL ranks right now because it's playoff time. 
That's right, we got some playoffs going on this weekend, and the Spartans pretty well represented. Uh, we're just going to go down the list right here, bring up some stats uh, for what these guys have done this year, but this is who to watch for as we go through our news dump to start this show. Saturday, 4.30 on Fox is going to kick off the NFL playoffs. We have two Spartans in that game between the Seahawks and the 49ers. The Seahawks, you already know who it is. It's Kenneth Walker, who is right now the odds-on leader to win Offensive Rookie of the Year for the NFL. That's what happens when you get 1,050 rushing yards. That's 12th best in the NFL despite missing two games, 4.6 yards per carry, and nine touchdowns. And none of us are surprised, right? I, I, I think even the saltiest Spartan fan that you know would have probably seen this coming from Kenneth Walker because, well, when he touches the ball, magic happens. And no, that was just not for college. He's also doing that professionally as well. And on the other side of the field for the 49ers, that's right, Tabor Pepper, the lawn snapper, who's in his fifth year in the league, will be snapping for San Fran. Uh, now on Sunday... Okay, 4.30 on Fox, it's Vikings versus Giants. You already know the first guy, Captain Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Uh, what else can you say about him other than, well, first of all, A-plus bag getter on the NFL, one of the highest paid players in the league history, so good on you there, Kirk. But also, well, played well enough to win an NFC North title. Also, Jalen Naylor on the Vikings as well. In his last two games of the season, over 150 combined receiving yards, and he also had that touchdown at Lambeau Field two weeks ago. So look at Naylor getting some run as well. Speaking of a player getting some more run, uh, Sunday night on NBC, Bengals versus Ravens, we have Joe Bocci, who had 10 tackles this season. Uh, he got into the uh, defensive mix a little there at the end of the year. Primarily a special teams player. Um, I think he got 21 snaps at special teams against the Ravens last week. So look out for Joe Bocci in Bengals and Ravens. And then last but not least for this weekend, Bucks versus Cowboys. That is a Monday night game, which is obviously interesting for a playoff game to be on Monday night. But William Golston, who is in his 10th year in the NFL, that is an outstanding career in the NFL. Played in all games this year, uh, nine starts, and also the Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee from the uh, Bu Buccaneers organization, if I can get that word out of my mouth. Um, so that's it for the Spartans playing in this weekend's game. Now there is one more Spartan that will be playing in the playoffs, but he plays for the Eagles, and they have a bye. And we're talking about third-year cornerback Josiah Scott. Uh, played in 16 regular season games, got four starts, and also two interceptions this season for the Eagles. So we're going to have to wait another week to root for Josiah Scott, but that time is going to come. Uh, and really quick here before we get into Make Your Take here in the next segment, it's not a football update. It is a basketball update. Not even a Michigan State basketball update, kind of. I mean, they're not Spartans yet, but they will be next year. And we're talking about all four of Michigan State's 2023 commits. Xavier Booker, Cohen Carr, Jeremy Fears, Garrick Norman, they have all been nominated to play in the McDonald's All-American game. Now they're going to make the final selection on January 24th, where 24 of the final nominees will be placed on these teams. The last McDonald's All-American uh, that was a Michigan State commit, 2021, that was Max Christie. And then the last time that, well, more than one Spartan commit played in the same McDonald's All-American game, you got to go back to 2016. And who was it? That's right, a little trivia for you. Miles Bridges, Josh 
Lankford. So yes, it has been that long. Seven years since two or more Spartans have played in the same McDonald's All-American game. And Michigan State has four chances to get guys in right now. If you wanted me to pick, I think Xavier Booker, pretty close to a lock. Uh, Jeremy Fears, I don't want to jinx anything, but I think that he's probably on the inside looking out. Maybe a fringe guy, but he did so well with the U-17 team in the FIBA World Championships over the summer. You know, his high school season's going pretty well. That, you can't discount him as well. And then another guy that's just exploded in his senior year, almost quite literally exploded, like just watch any tape of Cohen Carr, and you see a grown man playing basketball. So, I don't know, hopefully the McDonald's All-American Committee has a good eye for talent there, budding talent, exciting talent, because Cohen Carr would make it right there. And then Garrick Norman, I don't necessarily expect him to make the top because, you know, he's not in that top 50 in a lot of these recruiting rankings. But, hey, you know what I think of him. I think he's a great player. I think he's going to make an impact day one for Michigan State. So, hey, maybe I'm overlooking him. Hopefully all four of these guys get in. But January 24th is the date to circle on your calendar. Now, we will be giving a test run for Make Your Take. That's right. We haven't done this segment ever. Or if we have done it, it's been a very long time and I've just forgotten. But first, need to talk your ear off about betonline.net. That's right. Did any of those wildcard games that I just spoke about, any of them stick out to you? Any of you thinking, well, yeah, of course, Kenneth Walker's going to stun the Niners as 10-point underdogs. Let's throw a few shekels on that. Let's throw a few shekels on him to score a touchdown. You can do all this at betonline.net. They got all the lines, all the props, all the futures that you need for this NFL playoff season because they are your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. We're talking pro football playoffs, NBA, NHL regular season. We got PGA in the mix over on the islands in Hawaii. They got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which I think you do if you're listening to this right now, good news for you, Buckaroo. You can find even more of those at BetOnline as well. We are always the fastest and easiest way to get in on all of your sports betting action. So what are you waiting for? Head to the website today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends and action. That is at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, we're going to do something maybe new here. I don't know. I got a terrible memory. Maybe we've done this a year ago, two years ago. But, hey, it, it's it's new to this year of 2023. It's making your take. That's right. Make your take. Still don't have an official name for it because we're bad at officially naming things on Lockdown Spartans. But what the premise is, I ask you guys on Twitter. You wonderful people on Twitter, actually. Hey, give me your hot take about Michigan State. And no matter how cold or hot it is, we're going to talk ourselves into it being true. That's right. It's going to take some stats, some creativity, some, I don't know, uh, hopefully very, very open minds uh, from you fine folks listening. So let's give it a try. And if this doesn't work, let me know. Tell me to never do it again. Lockonspartans at gmail.com. If you want to say that that was a bad idea, or if you want to give me your own hot take, because we got so many of these, as we usually do, that some of these will be coming tomorrow on the show. But right now, let's get into it. Hunter asks, or Hunter says his hot take is, MSU basketball never seems to get the possession arrow for any jump balls during games. I don't need to convince you a whole lot that that is true, because I have no recollection this year, last year, the year before that, of a tie-up in a game. And then, oh, hey, I look down at the score bug to see who has the arrow, and of course it's always the other team. And I don't remember until 
yesterday's game or Tuesday's game against Wisconsin, Michigan State ever inbounding the ball to start the second half either. So we're going to keep a closer eye on that conspiracy. Yes, I know it's very easy to explain. Mike Sissoko just wins every single jump ball. Usually you don't get a tie-up until late in the first half or in the second half, and then, well, guess what? It's the other team's ball, but no, I I like the conspiracy right there. Now, some of you didn't have the hottest takes in the world, and that's okay. Sometimes a lukewarm take is as hot as you can get because we like being honest with ourselves. And Burner Izzo on Twitter says, When A.J. Hogard, Tyson Walker, and Joey Hauser all play to their potential, this is a Final Four team. Absolutely. Absolutely, because when else have we seen okay, a senior point guard, A.J. Hogard, a good shooting wing player, Tyson Walker, and then Joey Hauser, a guy that just does nasty work on the boards. When have we ever seen a team led by a trio of those kind of players go to a Final Four? How about 2015 when you had, oh, senior point guard Travis Trice. Oh, you have a great shooting wing player in Bryn Forbes. And also for your rebounding needs, look no further than Brandon Dawson. Now, I understand that that might be a bridge too far comparing Joey Hauser to Brandon Dawson because, well, Joey Hauser can shoot. Brandon Dawson, not necessarily uh, Steph Curry back in the day. But Brandon Dawson, amazing lockdown clamps defender. Joey Hauser, not going to be mistaken for that anytime soon, although he is holding his own this year. But you get the point. If you have three players that are clicking and are great at what they do, and how many times in the tournament have we seen, okay, veteran guard, good shooting around the perimeter like you get with Walker and Hauser, how often do you see that turn into a deep run in March? Almost almost every single year. So, oh, as I almost knock my microphone clean off my desk... That's how passionate that takes getting me. Yeah, I, I, I like that one. So thank you for uh, for that one, Burner Izzo. Now, uh, this is a great name, Dogs and Meat. Sure, Dogs and Meat says, quite simply put, AJ Hogard is, is Cassius 2.0. Uh, y- yeah. Look, uh, now one thing that's going to pop up to everyone's mind is that AJ Hogard isn't shooting the three-point ball at 50% like Cassius Winston did in his junior year. That's the only thing that's kind of really missing with the uh, Cassius Winston to A.J. Hogard comparison. It's just the outside shooting because almost everywhere else, yeah, I totally see it. Uh, Because, well, let's just look at this right here. You've heard me say this stat up and down the last few days, but now it's eight straight games with A.J. Hogard having two or less turnovers. Okay, He's taking care of the ball quite well. Also, more importantly, and more Cassius-like, He's taking games under control when he smells that he has to. Okay, let's just go to the Tuesday game against Wisconsin. In the last three minutes, two of two shooting from the field, both with those tough buckets inside the paint, two of two from free throws, and one assist when it was closing time against Wisconsin. Okay, that was very Cassius-esque. Just, all right, everyone, calm down. I got this. Everyone follow me. I'm going to score. I'm going to put the game away in a tough situation on the road. He also ended the Michigan game on Saturday as well. End of the rock fight. Michigan's making things a little close. And then AJ's like, fine, I'll do it. I'll just drive into the lane, uh, put my body on someone else's and get a tough bucket. And then also too, gee, I don't know. I remember senior year, Cassius Winston against Penn State having a great performance. A.J. Hogard, when the... Okay, I was going to say when it was a must-win game, but 
it wasn't a must-win game against Penn State, but it was a, hey, we could really, really use a win right now before things spiral completely out of control. And all A.J. Hogarth did is 23 points, 6 of 6 from the line. So, yeah, I, I don't hate that comparison as well from A.J. Hogarth to Cassius Winston. Now, here is one. This, this is the true spirit of this little segment here, Make Your Take. This is from Steve Daniels, and he says, Gavin Schilling is a top five Izzo-era player. Gavin Schilling, 3.3 points, three rebounds, average in his career, is a top five Izzo-era player. Now, fools like me, people like you, might just see the box score, the 3.3 points, the three rebounds, and say, he was never even a top five player on any team he played for in his career, let alone in the whole Tom Izzo era. But you know what? We're just jokers. You know, we, we don't matter. Do you know whose opinion does matter? Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo's opinion matters. And let me tell you what kind of a player Tom Izzo would like. And you can correct me if I'm wrong here, because how many times, especially in the later years here, has Tom Izzo gone up and down complaining about the transfer portal, complaining about kids quitting too early, complaining about kids refusing to take their spot on a team and making the most of it. Gavin Schilling started nearly every game his sophomore year. Do you know how many he started after his sophomore year? Not a lot. I believe it was less than five. He started every, or not every game, but most of the games his sophomore year. That was in a Final Four season and then had to take a backseat to freshman his junior and senior year. How many kids in this day and age would just head straight to the transfer portal if that happened? If not the first year, then the second year it happens. Okay, Gavin Schilling stuck it out. So yes, well, we might not see it. I bet Izzo appreciates the role that Gavin Schilling accepted in being the epitome of a team player from going from a starter on a Final Four team to, well, hey, how about you come off the bench here behind these freshmen? So yeah, I bet Tom Izzo might probably... Sort of, maybe, uh, say that Gavin Schilling is a top five player. Not just in the box score, no, no, everything out of the box score. So, yeah, there you go. That's the best I could do, is that maybe Tom Izzo would agree with some of my points there. So, the last basketball one we're going to get to right here is a good one. And this comes from a man with an incredible name, too. Uh, Michael, you got the best last name I've ever read in my entire life. This comes from Michael Weatherwax. Michael Weatherwax. He says, if Tyson Walker and Malik Hall return for their extra COVID year next season, Michigan State will not only win the natty, but will finish with less than five losses. Let's paint the picture. Okay, you got Tyson Walker, Malik Hall. Two absolute dogs. You have senior A.J. Hogard. Junior Jaden Akins. Madi Sissoko grows another year. Carson Cooper, after a year in the weight room in the Brody Cafeteria, putting on as much weight as possible. He comes back. Jackson Kohler doing the opposite of Carson Cooper, maybe shedding some weight to be more quick. Okay, you get another year of those big men. And oh yeah, speaking of big men, how about top 10 recruit Xavier Booker going into the fold? Cohen Carr coming into the fold. Garrick Norman coming into the fold. Jeremy Fears coming into the fold. Four freshmen that could be instant impact. And that's not even to mention Trayvon Holloman. Okay, that rangy, great wing defender that we have on this team. A good game manager on offense. And then, hey, let's say Pierre Brooks finally bounces back. He, he has to bounce back eventually, right? I mean, so maybe that's next year. A microwave off the bench just like Pierre Brooks. I don't think that's crazy to think Natty Run is in play next year. Now, is it a lot to ask for? Sure, but not, not too hard to like wrap your head around it. No doubt about that. 
we got some football ones to get to and a field hockey one actually that's right i bet you weren't expecting that one but first need to talk your ear off about built bar gang new year's resolution time i got some maybe you have some but i'm just trying to get into better shape i'm trying to treat my body better maybe be more conscious about my finances as well but oh my god would you look at that Built Bar is going to help both of those things. We're talking about not just the greatest tasting protein bar in the land, but one that takes care of your body. That's right. Most of these Built Bars, just 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. You're not going to feel weighed down after eating these. You're not going to choke these down and wondering, oh my God, how much sugar's in here. No, no, no. These taste delightful and treat your body delightful as well. Also, very reasonably priced and better yet not just built.com is where you can get these built bars no no no. you can go outside of built.com if you want a physical store just head to your local walmart or your local sam's club that's right head to your nearest walmart today walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars you can pick up a box of four cookies and cream double chocolate or coconut puffs or hey if you're old-fashioned just do it at built.com to get your built bars and let's keep making your takes right here. Uh, we're going to ride off into the sunset with some football ones or some field hockey ones. That's right, because Waffle Spork says, MSU field hockey. That's right, MSU field hockey. Shout out to head coach Helen Knoll. Will one day have the same following as MSU football. We all like being, um, I guess, uh, hipsterish. I guess. You know, catching on to that niche thing. Uh, it, it's cool to do. I do it with darts. You know, I'm a really big dart fan. It makes me feel special that I'm into such a niche sport. But things grow sometimes. And field hockey, which is a sport I covered back when I worked at the State News. This was nine years ago. Holy crap, nine years ago. Uh, oh my god, no, ten years ago. Doing my math correctly. Uh, who cares? Ten years ago. Field hockey is kind of a lit sport, I gotta say. It, it is a pretty fun sport to watch. And if you like high physicality, they don't encourage it in field hockey, but it happens. I saw the most gruesome injury I've ever seen live in person covering a field hockey game. Girl winds up for a slap shot. Ball's right there. Uh-oh, someone pokes the ball away. But while they poked the ball away, they accidentally tripped. And what took the spot of the ball? Their forehead. Uh, that's right. They, they <laughs> uh, This poor girl got her forehead connected on by a, a slap shot in field hockey. And needless to say... Straight to the ER for her, probably a thousand stitches. But yeah, if you if that's something that you're really excited about, uh, just gruesomeness and the the uh, element of surprise, get to a field hockey game. Maybe there's enough people to fill up Spartan Stadium for a field hockey game one day. I don't know. You know what? I'm not going to admit defeat, but Waffle Spork, that was the hardest one yet. Field hockey is very fun, though. Uh, once again, shout out to Helen Knoll of the MSU Field Hockey Program. Gavin. Great tweeter, great listener. Uh, he writes in, Jaden Reed is the greatest wide receiver in MSU history. Definitely one of the most dynamic receivers. And not just receivers, let's just talk about athletes in the game as well. Punt returns, kickoff returns. How many times did he do great things for Michigan State in that regard? Helped Michigan State beat Nebraska last year or two years ago now at this point with that great return late in the game. But also, how many wide receivers have called game as many times as Jaden Reed has in his career? The Penn State game last year. Okay, get up, grab it. All right, game over, call it. The Peach Bowl last year. Okay, fine, let's do this again. Jump ball, rock the baby. Good night, everyone. Thanks for coming out. And then the Wisconsin game this year as well. And then, too, 
Hey, well, let's not forget about the Michigan game. He doesn't make that catch on fourth and four. That win's not happening. He doesn't make that incredible catch on the two-point conversion. Well, the win is probably not happening. So, yes, stat me up all you want. I don't care. I need a guy that games when it counts. So give me Jaden Reed, a guy that was just, what, six feet, six foot one, but when it mattered the most, played like he was six foot ten. You know, this was a, a man playing when it was like three minutes to go or less when it was just time to start winning some football games so there you go Jaden Reed best receiver of all time sorry Charles Rogers sorry BJ Cunningham sorry my personal favorite Aaron Burbridge but it's Jaden Reed's world and we're just all living in it now to end this out uh we got two completely different takes to end this on Ryan Cole is going to start us on a happy note here Ryan Cole says MSU football and men's basketball will win two national titles combined by 20 30. Hey, if this Tyson Walker and Malik Hall thing comes true next year, you know, we just put up a good argument for that one last segment. But also for football, look, the emphasis that they are putting in the trenches with recruiting. Okay, Brandon Jordan doing great work with defensive line recruiting. Okay, Coach Kapilovic, pretty solid, pretty solid offensive line class as well. Just one of 10 programs in the country this year to have three or more offensive linemen that are rated four stars. Okay. Not too shabby at all. And also, and this is a question, not a statement, but is the Big Ten getting weaker? Is, is Ohio State going down a slippery slope that they cannot get out of? And I know that they lambasted us by a combined 200 points the last two years, but are they starting to go on a downward trajectory? And oh yeah, the school down the road, that head coach that swore that he was done looking at NFL jobs. How many other interviews is he going to do this week? He can't wait to get out of Ann Arbor. So if he leaves, what happens to that program? Also, Penn State is always due for a Penn Stating. So yeah, I mean, with the Big Ten maybe getting weaker, maybe Michigan State starts climbing up that ladder. You pull a TCU, you get through your conference when it's down, and then, hey, next thing you know, you're in the national title game after beating a team that's maybe a tad overrated in the semifinals. Look, any given Monday... Any given Monday night on National Championship Monday, which was not the last one, uh, you could lose 65-7 as easily as you could maybe pull off that upset. So, yeah, hey, that's your two combined national titles right there. And then let's just end on a, on a sad note. Why not? Well, let's just do it. Uh, this comes from I Gotta Find Bubba. If you're enjoying this show up to this point, if you like all the good vibes, now's probably a good time to turn it off because I Gotta Find Bubba says, MSU football will not win 10 games will not win 10 games under mel tucker again well that's not fun uh bubba uh but hey you know what it's the game so we got to talk ourselves into not winning 10 games ever again after i just put us up for a natty by 2030 um the head coaching decisions last year that's kind of okay uh, a glaring remark uh, whether it be the wisconsin game that you accidentally won or the illinois game that you accidentally won or the indiana game that you just straight up lost uh that one yeah it's, it's stuff like that maybe kind of gives me pause and then well okay what if this next quarterback you know Kaden hauser doesn't work out how slippery of a slope is that going to be uh, is the offense just gonna sputter completely if you don't get the quarterback fixed next year and beyond. Also, let's be honest, what if Ohio State isn't actually slipping? What if they're just slipping at a national level, but can still kick some you-know-what at a Big Ten level, which all signs pointing to right now say that might be the case. Let's say Jim Harbaugh stays at Michigan 
they keep doing what they do, which is win, you know, 11 games a year. And yeah, and then Penn State too. They're recruiting against all odds is never, ever slowing down. So if you're stuck in this fourth, fifth, or sixth best Big Ten East team for the rest of Mel Tucker's contract, then yeah, it it, it will be very hard <laughs> to win 10 games. No doubt about that. So I got to start saying no, or stop saying no doubt about that. I listened to a podcast because, you know, like kind of how football teams watch film. I'll listen to my shows over again. I forgot what episode it was. I think it was after the Michigan game. I said, no doubt about that, no less than 37 times on the show. So anytime I do that, please tweet at me. Tell me to stop. I might put a shot collar on to zap myself when I say that. Um, Or even more fun, we could just make a drinking game out of it and you can be hammered by the end of the first segment if you take a shot for every time I say, no doubt about that. It's your road. You choose it. So there we go. All right, gang, that is the end of the show. No doubt about that. On tomorrow's show, we will be greeted by Drew Pastork of Oski Talk. You might remember him from our Illinois football preview. He's going to help us break down Friday's basketball game against Illinois. And if no other news breaks, we'll be doing even more of these. Make your takes. But until then, hey, enjoy your Thursday. Love you all. Go Green.